This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Keith Kam. When you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, you would notice that property prices have been going only in one direction, and that's up. And over this extended period of time, particularly as salaries don't seem to follow that same trajectory as quickly, many find it hard-pressed to own their own homes, let alone invest in real estate, you know, as an instrument to hedge against inflation. It seems like a never-ending battle. In today's program, we will be discussing exactly that issue. Should we change our mindsets and no longer see owning a property as the ultimate goal? Talking to us today is Dato Chang Kim Lung, the Secretary General of the National House Buyers Association. Good morning, Dato. Good morning. Thank you, Keith, for inviting me to appear on your esteemed channel, BFM 89.9 Property Show. Dato, when I started my first job in the early 1990s, the first thing mom and dad told me was to look for property to buy. I had only just gotten my first paycheck some more. Is that what you might advocate to the young ones starting out today? Well, um, um, buying a house is not as easy as it was years ago due to uh, rising cost of living and escalating house prices. The problem hindering the current generation of Malaysians from buying their first home is that property prices are just too high in comparison with the income of the right year. Harga rumah kini masih melampau. Basically, house prices are still getting very ridiculous. That's my clearing call. Now, to quote Bank Negara Malaysia annual report, since 2012, the increase in house prices in Malaysia has outstripped the rise in income level. Consequently, prevailing median house prices are beyond the reach of most Malaysians. Now, potential buyers must be prepared to make sacrifices and forego luxuries such as the latest gadget, iPhone 15 Pro Max, and a hipster hangout. I would advise those young ones starting out today, go have a life. (laughs) Enjoy your young years and start courting girlfriends or boyfriends as the case may be. Now, enjoy the starting out working years with your parents, your siblings, and your workmates. Forget about locking yourself in a multi-tier legal contract and be bound by the next 30 years housing loans with difficulties to unlock, you know. That's my advice to newcomers. So not to buy property at the moment, right? Are you advocating more rentals in this case? But for or the time staying with being... your mom and dad? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, stay with your mom and dad would be ideal because food is uh, in abundance and uh, transportation, you can borrow your dad's car and rental is free. <laughs> <laughs> when should the young people start considering buying their own property, if at all? Well, the rapid price of house prices has made it very challenging, you know, now to the right year to buy the dream homes. And many parties have called for the lending criteria for purchase of property to be relaxed. But it may appear that this proposal has some merits. It has helped people who cannot afford to buy their dream home to get the necessary financing. However, if the government were to relax lending criteria, it may be detrimental in the medium to long term. And we do only compound the problem that house prices are too high. Now, very importantly, buying a house may sound easy, but if one were to suffer the fate of foreclosure, foreclosure means lay long, your property get kena lay long, or that humiliation of one's property would be a nightmare. If the borrower were to default in their monthly loan installments, 
that is going to be very hard hit, you know, to the poor fellow who aspire to become a house buyer. But the other reasons why I know I would not encourage for the time being for newcomers to buy property is the problem of project abandonment. Now, you read in the newspapers currently, the Ministry of Housing has got a special task force trying to revive all abandoned projects, sick and late projects that I call it all problematic projects. The minister have frequently, very oftenly come to the press and informed that it is pretty scary, you know, the statistics are pretty scary and the problematic projects are mounting. Now, you can, in fact, read the list of all the abandoned projects in the Ministry of Housing website. It is at www.kpkt.gov.my. It is under Sinarai Pemaju Project Perumahan Terpengkalai. Now, the problem here is that the grave injustice to innocent house buyers who end up being victims of abandoned projects, it can be a very traumatic experience, you know, For to sure, place yeah. your all your savings into owning a house only to discover that the house never get completed. Or worse, you still have the service bank loan. For me, the average person buying a property is the biggest financial commitment and therefore careful thoughts and planning must be done. Dato, you brought up you brought up bank loans. The ease of obtaining loans from last time until today, what is different? Well, Previously, during my time, it was easy to apply for loans for multiple banks. But now all banks have got a secret system. They share information via Bank Negara Malaysia that one person should not have multiple loans. I managed to get away with it those days. It was easier because all banks do not have cross-references or that. But now it's different. All banks actually checked on the, uh, you know, the indebtedness of a potential customer. They do not look at collateral anymore. They are looking now at more whether the customer is able to service loan or not. If you have already got a service debt ratio that is very high, then you have got problems taking loans from uh, banks. That basically just exacerbates the whole problem right now of home ownership. Yes, it is so. So therefore, be careful because the banks are now very um, more careful in their lending to uh, potential customers. I I was just wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on existing tenant protection efforts? Do they favour landlords or do they favour tenants? Um, Is this strong enough, what we have right now, that young people can actually start looking to rent property as a viable option as opposed to buying? Well, I have uh, written articles balancing the risk between buying and renting. Mm -hmm. Renting is easy. Just rent it, you know, if you're not happy with a landlord, or you know you you uh, you have got transferred into another place to do work. For instance, Penang, you can just pack up a briefcase and walk out. Buying a property is different. When you buy in with a multi-tier loans all that, you get locked in for the next thirty years. Yes. You got disciplined yourself by paying installments all that. Now on the issue of tenancies, okay? Yeah. Now the government actually have proposed a new law called the Rental Tenancy Act. It's supposed to be tabled in Parliament, but this has been going on for the last three years anyway. It was proposed by the previous minister, uh, Dr. Haija Zuraida. The RTA is to be made law. The top priority objective is to protect the legitimate interests of landlord against errant tenant and protect tenant against irresponsible landlord. That's the main crux of the, the proposed law. I mean, that's a good idea. But the thing is, why, why do you think it's taken so long for it to be um, legislated? Well, they, um, we have uh, written to the Ministry of Housing and we told them that we have got the, a draft copy of the proposed RTA, Rental Tenancy Act. 
Some of the clauses are lopsided. Uh, it's not fair to both the tenants and landlord. And some of the clauses are very ill thought of. Okay. In fact, we one of the crucial issues that was brought up was that the security deposit, say whenever the tenant takes on tenancy from the landlord, he has got to make a two-month deposit for rental and one month for electricity, water. Yes. See, this tenant deposit is supposed to be kept by the Ministry of Housing. There was a proposal earlier that the two months plus one month security deposit is to be held by the controller housing uh, to manage the security deposit parked under their ministry to address conflict between landlord and tenant later. Uh, this was so in their papers. But however, we are saying that it, this deposit should not be parked with the ministry at all. You know the efficiency of our government department when it comes to refund the money or that. <laughs> Wouldn't the retained security deposit by Ministry of Housing be more detrimental to the tenant? Not that not so detrimental to the landlord, you know. It's yeah. more detrimental to the tenant. Don't they know the tenant requires the same security deposit to place with the next landlady of the new premises? You surely would know the bureaucracy, the red tapes the tenant will have to endure and suffer through for the refund. You, you know, our, our government agencies, like, whenever it comes to refund, uh, it's not an easy job. But who suffer most? The tenants the suffer tenants. most than the landlord, you know, actually. So, but the good thing is that the previous minister have now relented over to us. He, he has agreed, really, that this deposit will be back over to the landlord for safekeeping. The government should not keep that money. Uh, there are a lot more other clauses like in the tenancy you know, uh, proposal, all that, that you know, we are still deliberating with the government. But most importantly, we must have the standard template of a standard tenancy agreement. That is most crucial, whereby all the rights of the tenant, entitlement of the landlord are all within the context of the tenancy, draft template of tenancy agreement. Finally, Dato, I just want to pick your brains on you know, uh, what the House Buyers Association has said that the government should focus on promoting social mobility instead of targeting 100% home ownership. What do you mean by social mobility? Well, to us, social mobility refers to change in person, social economic situation, either in relationship with our parents, we call it intergenerational mobility, or throughout their lifetime, intragenerational mobility. Now, social mobility is linked to equality of opportunity, the extent to which people have the same chance to do well in life, regardless of social economic background of their parents, their gender, age, ethnicity, birthplace, or any other circumstances beyond their control. Yes, the government should focus on promoting social mobility instead of targeting 100% home ownership. Now, I'll give you a simple example. Huh? Now, those children growing up in low-cost housing and some slums, must be given the opportunity to get out from the social stigma to another level in life. The government must, must create programs for those to climb up the ladder rather than con allowing them to continue such uh, fate in social life. Right. Children must always do better in life than their parents. This is what the government should do. Allow the next generation of children to grow and glow at their own uh, with the opportunity. Dato Chang Kim Lung, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome.
I've been speaking to Dato Chang Kim Lung, Secretary General of the National House Buyers Association. When we return after some messages, we find out what developers have to say when we speak to Dato N.K. Tong, the President of the Real Estate and Housing Developers Association Malaysia, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Property Show. The discussion today revolves around whether it is better to rent or to buy your own property to live in before we even get into owning real estate as an investment option. In the studio this morning is Dato N.K. Tong, the President of the Real Estate and Housing Developers Association Malaysia. Dato, the reality today is that this steady increase in property prices over an extended period of time has put home purchasing beyond the reach of many and we agree that shelter is a basic need and a human right rather than ownership. Is buying property really a good investment decision given how expensive and unaffordable it is with wages not rising as quickly? That's a, that's a tough question and, and it depends uh, on your time frame, right? If you're looking at a one, two, five year outlook, maybe, maybe it's better to rent. But if you're looking uh, at 20, 30 years, your whole life, actually, you know, in any period in history, it probably shows that you should have bought your house, yeah. What is the scenario like with developers maybe cashing in on this situation with individuals opting for rentals rather than outright purchases? Yeah. I've heard that word cashing in. You know, developers don't cash in. We, <laughs> we are here in our nation building role to make sure that people have roofs over their heads which are affordable, mm. timely and, and of good quality. Um, in terms of rental, uh, so build to rent, I think it's still too early for developers to, to consider. Uh, because it, it requires a different capital structure. So there are other organizations, uh, let's say maybe uh, REITs, that would, would be better suited mm. for that. And and when I say REITs, I, I think um, US REITs, they're very big in, in terms of multifamily housing is what they call it. But in the Malaysian context, uh, it's mainly been industrial, retail, commercial, and uh, shopping centers, and but not, not so with residential, because I think the... Um, the rental yields are still actually quite low, yeah. But that means it's just about the right time to get started considering this, right? I mean, do you get a sense that uh, radar members are maybe uh, looking for, to diversify their portfolios this way? Well, again, uh, it comes back to the yield. Yeah. And I think if they diversified their portfolio to build something to rent, it wouldn't be housing. It'd probably be industrial, oh. it'd be commercial or even uh, uh, retail because the, the rent you get back on your housing is, uh, is a much lower yield. Yeah. This BTR concept is uh, obviously still relatively new in Malaysia, but there is potential as a growing segment, as a growing segment of the property market. It could be a win-win for developers as well since many have unsold units. Do you see it that way? Um, if they did, Rent instead of selling, mm -hmm. and I think most de developers would prefer, prefer to sell, uh, it would actually slow down the overall uh, production of homes in the country because renting, you get, a, you get a slower trickle of cash flow back and you can't reinvest it in new land to build new buildings. Whereas if you sold, and even if uh, you have some unsold units, some developers may choose to sell it at a lower cost they can then recycle the, the cash into new, build, uh, new homes, which actually is preferred from a nation building point of view because more, more homes are produced and hopefully then the cost comes down. But having said that also, if you were to build new homes, they would be likely getting further and further away from, from you know, uh, commercial areas and, and places <coughs> where people work. Uh, you also mentioned that rental returns uh, at the moment are not quite so lucrative. I kind of figure that it's sort of like a chicken and egg situation right now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so 
so the idea of uh, holding it is is one thing, but the the reason we then sell it to others, and you say, well, if if the rental yield is low, why why would they want to buy it? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I said, they they don't have a maybe one, two, three year, five year outlook. If they look at it from the twenty thirty year point of view. Um, Real estate is cyclical, but over that 20, 30 years, they, they ride through all the cycles and eventually uh, you know, have something that is uh, of, of a lot of value, especially in inflationary times. You mentioned the US just now. Uh, BTR is also quite a mature market uh, yeah. in UK, in Australia, and even parts of Europe. What can we learn from them? I haven't actually studied those markets carefully, but um, like I said, you know, uh, the, the big owners are typically REITs and they have access to very affordable capital, you know, because uh, the investors who come in there are not looking for development profits. Look, development does carry quite a lot of risk, whereas uh, uh, REITs are more about rentals. And so you pay, you pay the yield and it's a lower yield, right? And uh, I think typically uh, the owners of those REITs or the, the people who actually invest in them are institutional. So they're not individuals. Uh, yeah, individuals may form uh, a certain percentage of uh, REIT shareholders. But often you'll find in big institutions, maybe pension funds, you know, they've got a lot of uh, um, money that they need to grow, but they don't want to take risks. So they will then uh, support the REITs. And as the money goes in, then the REITs have the opportunity to um, go and invest in more rental properties. Now, the REITs could either do the development themselves or typically I think they will uh, sign uh, agreements with developers to offload um, sizable chunks of uh, property. So this is how you see uh, the BTR concept maybe taking a, a foothold in Malaysia going forward? Uh, if it does, yeah. So so I think first, uh, the rental yields on housing needs to increase to attract REITs and then whether the REITs choose to do the development themselves or um, buy from developers. We also don't have a Residential Tenancy Act and I think uh, the previous governments, previous administrations have been trying to get this uh, going. Uh, how far would that go towards encouraging developers uh, to consider build to rent as a staple product or, or REITs for that matter or anyone for that matter? Yeah, so um, I think this one is kind of being spearheaded by uh, YB Akmal, uh, Deputy Minister of KPKT, and, and he has uh, told Parliament that they intend to uh, table the resident, Residential Tenancy Act uh, in 2024. Mm. And I think that the act uh, will be timely. Uh, it cuts both ways. I think it needs to protect uh, renters as well as it needs to protect landlords. You know, for example, um, say say in Australia, if you want to rent a unit, um, it's very transparent in the sense that uh, an agent will ask you to give a referral from previous agents. And and if your, your history hasn't been very good, the tenant can be denied rental. So you really have to behave yourself. Then that way, as a landlord, um, the, the friction of bringing in tenants drops because you're not worried about whether they're going to wreck the place, uh, etc. And then, then the whole issue of deposits. and uh, We still don't know what the, the RTA looks like yet in, in its final form. There were some issues that uh, uh, Reda did bring up to the ministry, but we hope that um, moving forward, it's a pragmatic and friendly uh, piece of legislation for both landlords and for tenants. Currently, without this act, uh, how are rental agreements uh, drawn up at, on an ad hoc basis? Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like willing buyer, willing seller, but although there tends to be uh, standard market 
practices, right? So because, uh, you know, you have the Malaysian Institute of Estate Agents and, and they have uh, a lot of agents out there and they deal with a lot of these type of tendencies. Uh, so typically when, when a tenant's interested or a landlord's interested, the agent will then produce a draft document. And, and both sides may, may want to tweak a little bit, but uh, it's, I don't think people sit there and hire really expensive lawyers and, and spend months over it. It's quite, quite straightforward. In this edition of The Property Show, we have been discussing the pros and cons of buying versus renting your property in the current economic climate. Talking to us were Dato Chang Kim Lung, the Secretary General of the National House Buyers Association, as well as Dato N.K. Tong, the President of the Real Estate and Housing Developers Association Malaysia. If you've missed any part of this conversation, download the podcast on the BFM app or from bfm.my. You can also get us on Spotify. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.